Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Executive Producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, We are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, athen wasalan. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saobona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all. And there you have it. That's been my life for the past uh, five or ten years exploring tiny houses, living in the tiny house on wheels, and now finally I renovated a shed. But I am so excited about tonight's show because we've got some real goddesses in the in the show tonight. And we titled this show, I had so many uh, topics that we could cover, that we titled it Sex, Mushrooms, and Global Awakening. And that's just a few of the subjects that we're going to cover tonight. And I've got uh, one, two, three, four, at least four goddesses scheduled tonight. And I do believe uh, Ayana is in the green room. So I'm going to bring Ayana. Is it E E G? Yes, it's E E. E E. Yes, greetings, goddesses. Thank you. Welcome, welcome, my sister. You are truly a star, looking like a star. And and just sounding like a child. When I read all the things you've been involved in, I'm like, wow, the the energy, the vibration went up in my mind. 
thank you for joining us tonight. And um, as I said, we're in on Facebook Live, uh, Soul Purpose Healing, and we're also in Blog Talk Radio, uh, Female Solution, and Soul Purpose Healing. And then we're on YouTube, My Tiny House Village. So thank you again for joining us, and I think uh, we're going to have uh, more ladies joining us uh, later. So Ayana, please um, share with our audience a little bit about you, uh, what you've been up to over the last, what, 21 years, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, thank you so much for having us on this platform, and it's a pleasure to meet you, Vinyata, yes? Viata. Viata. Yes. And what I've just seen is your tiny house village. It's amazing, and I love it. <laughs> Good. And, I mean, do you have, like, the really horses and cows and everything that are hanging out with you guys? I, I lived that for five years. My my first experience, a, a tiny house on wheels, uh, 160 square feet. I moved out in Umatilla, which is a, 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 about an hour from Orlando. And I had horses on one side and cows on the other. That's finesse. That's wonderful to be connected to nature that way. Yeah. And to live in nature. you got to be real free in your spirit. And, and, I love it. And I'm from yes. Chicago. I grew up in oh, Chicago. <laughs> that so, makes all the difference in the world. Big adjustment. <laughs> yeah. You separated from the mainframe for real. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yes, um, for the past 25 years, I have been a... Psychonaut, my husband, the late, great Kalindi, he introduced me to the uh, psilocybin. But, you know, first a little bit about me. I do have a title that I carry that I've earned over the years, and that is High Crone Warrior Priestess. And I'll just kind of break that down quickly. High because I've been elevated in my community with respect, and I give thanks for that. Crone, I come from the triple goddess aspect of maiden mother crone. Of course, when they say crone, it brings about, or they wanted to bring about the image of a woman that's all bent over and hooked and green and eating babies and whatnot, you know, but we're fabulous, we're wonderful, and just knowing that the word crone is a corrupt version for the word crown. Oh. So we wear our crowns, and wow. uh, we, we store our wisdom on the inside now as opposed to allowing it to flow outwardly through the menstrual cycle. So I'm able to just kind of give wisdom from that point of view. I've been here for a minute, right? Right, right. Um, warrior, yes, indeed, I am, as most women are. When we stand in our power and we accept our responsibilities as women, and then we go forward and try to reach out to our sisters and brothers to uh, raise the community's consciousness, that takes a warrior's stand. Sometimes you're going to be... I mean, people going to throw stuff at you. They're going to talk about you. They're going to put you down. You just got to have game in order to be a warrior in this society. And you have to stand when sometimes standing is just too hard. So here I am in this warrior's energy. Priestess, I give blessings, and those blessings come forth because, again, I've been here for a while, and I am heard by the ancestors. And when I go to them to ask blessings for others, they uh, return by giving those blessings. So I give thanks for that. I'm a Scorpio. I am the sister to Oya, who is the guardian to the gates of the cemetery. And, um, well, you pretty much, that's pretty much who I am. I've been doing a woman's work, uh, specifically womb healing for a long time. It was through the psilocybin that I realized that I was able to connect with other women through the womb. That is a consciousness in and of itself, the triple black darkness, 
of the womb connects us, especially when we're taking a particular amount of mushrooms. So I take the women up into the woods for three days. We hang out. We do spiritual bathing. We do rituals. We do mushrooms. We do magic. Um, we run around naked. We pee all over the place. We, we just have a good time in nature. Freedom! And our group is called Sisters of the Sacred Black, not because of the darkness of our skin, but, again, the darkness of our wounds. So it is a group that I've been uh, had for since 2007 is when we first started this. And I've uh, been doing the work ever since because I realized that uh, a lot of women are in trouble. A lot of women do store a lot of negative energy in their wombs to the point where those wombs are no longer homes. They're a very dark place, and we want to heal that energy. And so my motto has been, if my sister is in trouble, so am I. That's pretty much, you know, what I do. And we are planning a women's conference so that women can say what they have in their hearts and on their minds. And we are encouraging women to come to our conference, uh, Rise of the Phoenix, which will be held here in Detroit Women and Infugents Conference, Rise of the Phoenix. The Phoenix bird represents birth, death, and rebirth. And this is like a resurrection for women. We got something to say, and we want everybody to hear it, and we are encouraging our men to attend this conference because they need to understand from another point of view. The psilocybin world, psychedelics, is mainly dominated by men, but 90% of the psychedelic users are women. What? So, yeah. So here we are. We're loud, we're on purpose, and we're going to do the thing. Yes. So thank you. Well, you know, this is really new to me. I, I had almost had an opportunity to try mushrooms um, at Eco Farm um, where a lady who bought my tiny house moved to. She's way out um, in the uh, west side of Florida, and I didn't get a chance to do it. I was kind of—I've done ayahuasca, and um, what is what's the difference between say ayahuasca and doing mushrooms? I mean, how can I put that in words? They both take you to a place of source. Ooh, what is the difference between ayahuasca and mushrooms? How can I? Well, yes, I've done ayahuasca. It wasn't a very pleasant journey for me. Um, I believe that I was in the wrong setting at the time to the point where I said I wouldn't do it again. I mean, if I'm going to do ayahuasca again, I'm going to go to Brazil, Peru, where it's done correctly, okay? But what's the difference? You have to. To, to try to tell somebody what mushrooms feels like or the experience is like trying to tell somebody what sex feels like and they've never had it. It's how do you explain that, right? You know, you have to take the experience. There is a difference. Indeed, there is. That with ayahuasca, you do a lot of purging. And sometimes you purge in mushrooms. You release. With some of these psychedelics, you will release. Um I tapped into my ancestors there, and I tapped into my ancestors with mushrooms. Um, but there is a difference, which I cannot give you in words. Perhaps somebody in our panel will be able to do that better than I can at this point. But I hope you go forward, sister, and experience the psilocybin. Okay, so uh, for someone who's never heard of psilocybin, psilocybin what would you? How would you introduce them to um, the idea? Because some people are a little afraid to go there. 
psychedelics, you know, they think of, uh, you know, the old days of, uh, you know, uh, taking something that, you know, might be scary. But how would you introduce them to uh, the psilocybin? Do you, is it something you drink, uh, something? You can drink it in a tea or you can eat it. I mean, there, there are so many different methods now that they're using, but my first way to introduce uh, mushrooms to someone is to educate them. I open myself up to all questions. I tell them particular books to read or particular lectures to watch. or um, And then I set a protocol. You know, it's not a recreational energy. It's work that you're actually doing for, to expand your consciousness. So people have, they'll, they'll listen to the word psychedelic and think that you're a bunch of hippies and you're walking around getting high and, you know, that is not it at all. Psychedelic means Mind manifesting. So manifesting, mind manifesting, you are creating, you are opening yourself up and creating and pulling things inside of you, outside of you, especially things that are weighing you down. It's sort of like a freedom pill, a a freedom uh, fungi to take. You know, you free yourself up. You heard the, um, remember the song, Free Your Mind and Your Ass Will Follow? Yeah. Well, that's pretty much what that is. Okay. 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 You're free in your mind. And the word hallucinate means to wander through your own mind. They say we use 10% of our brain and the other 90 is dormant. I question that. But with psychedelics, you take that psychedelic and you open up the other side of yourself and you step into that place, a place where this consciousness that is inside of this body can take you traveling to many multiverses, obviously where your soul has been before in many, many reincarnations of yourself. And that's pretty, that's some pretty deep stuff. So trying to tell the layman who has never taken mushrooms before, they're going to look at you kind of sideways. So I said educate. There's tons of books. There's tons of lectures out there. And we are here to answer all the questions that you may have as best as we can. And there's lots of YouTube videos, especially um, personal testimonies of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And each one is designed particularly for that person and their physiology. You know, my trip is not going to be like yours. Your trip is not going to be like someone else's, you know. So it's designed just for you and what you got going on. Right. So I'm going to bring in, uh, is that Acacia? But I want to also, I'm waiting for another guest. Uh, who I wanted to introduce to everybody. She's from another uh, part of the world or the planet, and I wanted to bring her in when she's ready, uh, but I'm not sure. Um, her name is Dina. Dina, if you are in the studio, press one, and then I'll know uh, to open up your mic. Uh, we've got Acacia with us, and I think your mic is muted. Are you muted? P. Hey. Oh, hi. I'm unmuted now. Shalom, shalom, Acacia. How are you this evening? I am doing good. I'm chilling. I'm having a really good day. How are you? Good. And you are the founder of Divine Master. Is that right? Divine Master Alchemy. It's a school for entheogenic research. Wonderful, wonderful. Another star. Uh, So tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself to our audience. We are on Facebook Live. We're on um, uh, YouTube, uh, the Otis Tiny House Village, and we're also in Blog Talk Radio. So we've got 
I never know how many people are on um, Blog Talk Radio but uh, or the um, YouTube because I don't have two can- uh, computers. I just know I'm on there. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. Why, why did you, how did you become interested in uh, divine master alchemy? Well, that wasn't a term really uh, until I saw it in a, in a trip and the truth is, uh, you know, a lot of people call the DMT, Divine Master Truth, and mushrooms have a substance called N-N-Dimethyltryptamine, which is DMT. And I felt that in order to get the most out of it, you really had to do an inner alchemy with it. That meant self-inquiry, that meant self-study, sometimes that meant incorporating different herbs and healing your body so that you weren't so distracted and doing research about yourself. And it was the combination of those elements that helped me to access what I consider to be divine energy. Uh, and divine master alchemy is actually backwards. Alchemy, that the masters use divine. And that might be mushrooms, that might be ayahuasca, that might be boga, might be canna, that might be intellect tree seeds. There are many different herbs that are utilized throughout time and history that our progenitors, our ancestors and teachers utilized in order to bring back teachings from the divine and remember that we are divine in common. And so for me, that's how I got interested uh, just through work, but originally my mom named me after this tree that contained DMT. So... You know, I was a little kid sitting in the computer lab at community college with my dad, typing in A-C-A-C-E-A, and kept they kept sending me back, did you mean A-C-A-C-I-A? I'm like, no, 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 I meant A-C-A-C-E-A. But there were no results for that because there hadn't been an acacia with this spelling created yet. So I kind of like it now. I can Google my name and see something come up, but... <laughs> Now, were both were both your parents um, uh, practicing um, spirituality? No. What what kind of home did you grow up where you decided to do this? Were your your parents educated and they directed you in that that way? Yes and no. Yes and no. Because my my mom is Christian. My dad is Christian. But my dad is in the martial arts. My mom, uh, former police officer. Uh, I was homeschooled by the two of them. My mom is an English quiz, and my dad is a calculus nut. And so my dad believes the universe is made of mathematics, and if I could speak math, I could go anywhere and (laughs) communicate with people. Okay. And um, my dad is a very, like, I just wish him a happy Father's Day today. Um, My dad is, uh, he, he was his own prodigy. He's a cartographer, draftsman, et cetera. But um, for me, I wasn't, like, introduced to psychedelics. First, I was introduced to herbs and plants and trees. And so I just spent my whole childhood out in nature, mostly, um, unless I was doing calculus notes and writing on the wall different calculus equations and algebra equations. Because my dad was going to college at the same time I was growing up. So I'm in college with my dad, you know, when I was eight or nine years old. And I went to the same class as he was taking stuff, but I didn't get into psychedelics until after I went through my first big um, depression and 
suicidal depression episodes when I was a teenager. You know, I didn't start off just saying, oh, I want to, I mean, I wanted to try acacia, but that was the far, as far as the scope of my knowledge of psychedelics went. And I was brought more into the esoteric side of Freemasonry associated with acacia because that's what was on the internet at the time. And there wasn't that much about it. It was just a symbolism and then the access to the tree of life. But there wasn't a whole lot when I was a little kid on the internet about it. It really took me becoming like a teenager, a young adult before I could start finding more articles about money. So you when you say can you share with every the audience that may not know what Acacia is? Acacia is a genus of, of a species of many, many different trees called acacia. There's 1,800 different types of acacia. And about that number of acacia, there's a handful of them that produce a high amount of N-endimethyl tryptamine. Acacia is what the Ark of the Covenant is made of. Acacia is what the tabernacle in the Bible is made of. Acacia is well, most of the wood that the Bedouin shamans use to make camp for the desert, you know, and 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 burn, you know, for firewood. That's okay. what most of the wood is out in in the desert, what is now Egypt. Uh, and then in North Africa, there are a lot of acacia trees, and it's it's a tree that is an information resource to our ancient Kemetic ancestors. Luaset was the first uh, holder of the acacia tree and later she evolved into Isis. But in the book of Coming Forth by Day and also other Semitic texts, et cetera, you'll see the acacia tree motif, you know. Um, but the, what, what the acacia tree is, is an information resource beyond this universe, beyond this planet or plane of existence. And it's metaphorically infused into this tree that contains dimethyltryptamine so we can really experience the vastness of ourselves, whether you call that the Akashic Records. I feel like all DMT, whether it's Acacia DMT or Mushroom DMT or Toad DMT, all gives us access to specific area of information that is encoded within the records that are stored within that specific plant, animal, or uh, or tree resource, fungus resource, based on its experience. So because the mushroom is not from this planet, because it's beyond this planet, you get galactic and and beyond this universe type of experiences sometimes. And people will come back and, you know, it's really difficult to reintegrate because they ain't got nothing to do with the daily life that they experience. And then you can take something like acacia or ayahuasca and then see things that you see on Earth because it's younger than the mushroom. So because it's like 100 million years less evolved, I guess you could say, having had time to, uh, to I guess you could say, um, um, form those connections, those hyperdimensional connections to other universes in that way. The occasion is different, though, because the Egyptians, who had Syrian rules, it's the god of Syrian rules best, uh, the god of drunkenness, Beth had a song court named Bethset. But we don't see any Nesheru called Bethset, do we? No, all we see is Bethset. That's all we see. Mm-hmm. But Beth's wife was Bethset. And Bethset came from Oset. And Oset came from 
Lua Set, the mother of Shu, the wind god. And so if we look at the Kemetic history, we can see that Siri and Ru and Acacia are married. They're up here. And that's how you make Egyptian ayahuasca. And that's existed for thousands of years before we even had rainforests in South America. And so when you're looking at pre-dynastic Egypt versus, you know, or, 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 or what I want to say pre-Egyptian, Khmerian, I will use that word from the black man and I'm also giving all my respect to how you can school. But to me, Khmerian is uh, the, the, the last, the super civilization that preceded the Egyptian uh, dynasty, the blessed land is what it symbolizes to me. And the blessed land to me is a place where our people populated and did work with different medicines and stored knowledge. And that knowledge, small pieces of that, were brought in by Tehuti and, and other scholars into Egypt. But it's older than Egypt. It's older than the civilizations we see on the planet right now because the super civilizations that existed got blown off the planet by all sorts of natural disasters. And we see the younger Dryas and such. And we know, you know, there were islands that were mysterious. We don't know whether they're called Lemuria or Atlantis. We don't really know for sure those what the names were. Yeah. But we know that the Tamarian legacy exists. Yeah. And it is an ancient future legacy. Okay. Uh, um, I'm traveling. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's interesting. Our um, Monday morning host, Zelda, said, Grandy, another tree lover. Awesome. But but um, your love of trees, uh, it goes pretty deep and wide. <laughs> then you're doing more than just hugging those trees. Uh, you're actually putting them in That's your... That's what it started, though. It started on a mushroom tree, hugging a tree. Okay. The hugging the tree was alive. Yeah. So that's where it starts, and we're going to come back to you, but I want, I think Dina is here, and she's got, I think she's got her daughter with her, so I want to bring her on, because I, I talked to this lady uh, a couple of days ago, and she was so fascinating that I think we all can really, we can all learn from Dina tonight, because she's from um, Kazakhstan, is it Kazakhstan? Can you hear me, Dina? Yeah, it's called Kazakhstan. I can hear you, yes. And um, when I when she said that, I'm like, and everybody would say, where the hell is Kazakhstan? So I had to go to the map, and she did tell me. And but you're living in Brooklyn, right? Are you? Can you hear? So Kazakhstan is in Central Asia. It's uh. Okay, you're free. Uh, like an intersection, a threat between Europe and Asia. Sorry, one second. Yeah, I'm you, here about the coverage. You're on your phone? Hello? Are you on your phone? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Yeah, so tell us, we've got uh, two um, two other goddesses in the, in the um, studio or on the, on the uh, video. And I want you. I want you to just share your what you were sharing with Mama Az about your connection to Native American tribes, uh, even though you come from a land across the ocean. So can you share? Uh-huh. Sure. 
so um, ever since I was like teenager, I was really interested. I, I grew up in post-Soviet country, which is uh, was like you know Soviet Soviet USSR. It used to have like 20 countries in its union, and um, then it collapsed. And in the 90s, when I was growing up, 90s and early 2000s, um, a lot of information flooded in. And this is how, when I was teenager, I found out about Native Americans. And for some reason, I always had calling that I need to find out more. It was really interesting. You know, um, at school, I was really, really good. So I would say I was bored and I wanted to know more. Uh-oh. Freezing up. You're freezing up. Move around. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, now, I- so, okay, you're back? Yes, I'm back. I'm so sorry. Yes. I'm standing next to the VA hospital, and this is some army territory. Maybe that's why there's some problem with the signal. Okay. I'm not sure. I apologize about this. So you had a hunger but, for knowledge, uh, and how did that lead you to Native American uh, knowledge? Yes. So I've been studying uh, Oh, Here we go. You know, I actually missed that sunrise ceremony in Nipi Traditional Lodge out here in California. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Um, Dr. V, maybe I should switch to the phone. Um, okay, yeah. Call in and then press 1. Okay, call in and press 1. Now, Ayana, and I have you, uh, are you familiar with uh, that area, uh, Kazakhstan, and how much do you... No. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Not even in the study period. No, not. So, are you? Yes, I am. Okay, Dina, are you going to call in or are you going to keep talking? Yes. Well, um. Okay, Acacia, yeah. what do you know about that that area? Because I was just totally ignorant. Well, you know, um, it, 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 there's a lot of uh, beautiful, beautiful cultures, especially the Mongolian culture and a lot of Russian territories. So they've seen that it's a sacred regalia that's used by um, Mongolian shamans. A, a very shamanistic tradition that goes to Uzbekistan, Ukraine, Russia, Northern Mongolia as well. All, all of those countries that are close, uh, East Asian, Northern, like almost Russian area countries are uh, areas of, of traditional knowledge. And I can see why there'd be a connection between the Native American traditions because I am uh, a quarter Native American, but I don't practice. Chickasaw tradition, because most of Chickasaw folks who are in my family are Baptist or Pentecostal. <laughs> uh, Lakota uh, tradition, because I had folks take me under their wing and be like, "Yo, I'll teach you how to how to sing the song." I'm like, "You'll teach me how to sing the song, but I'm not Lakota." Like, well, you you you're you're a child of the earth. Go come learn the songs. And so I I go and I I sit and, and lodge and and we sing uh, traditional Lakota and Ipi songs because there's more in common with that language and the Kazakhstan language and other indigenous languages than there are with English, Latin, Spanish, Russian. Like, you'll, you'll find a spiritual connection to the languages that are Native American 
and the languages uh, of Mongolia, Russia, et cetera, that are indigenous languages that is a, a soul tongue. It's not, it's not a, an analog digital uh, trap language. It's, it comes from the heart. And these languages are, are designed differently with, with the human in mind. Let's just put it that way. And so Dina is from Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. That's where she's from. Okay. Yeah, and it's uh, she's gonna be on. I, I've got to take a commercial break. I, the other ladies came on and left. I think it was Ke, either Kether or um, let's see, Nikki maybe. Uh, so I hope they'll come back on. I don't know. They I had a message that they were waiting in the green room, but um, I'm on my own. Hi, sweetie. How are you? Good to see you. I love technology. Look at us. Like <laughs> for me, and you are. So, hey. Hi. Okay, so I'm going to go to a commercial, and when we come back, uh, Dina is on the phone now. So I'll bring Dina on to finish uh, her um, testimony yeah, about can, uh, about. I can get um, off the stage so that like, there's more space for the other women to come and speak. Well, they're not here yet. Um, oh, somebody said I pronounced Kazakhstan. All right, stop. I pronounced it wrong. Uh, let me see. Uh, I don't know. Naima, press one. So I, because I'm not sure if you're three one two or three two one. Um, so if Naima, if you can hear me, if you can press one, so I know which mic to open. I'm not sure uh, which one is your number. Uh, and then she's uh, Naima Latif is our executive producer with the Female Solution. Let me go ahead and do 312. Uh, I think that's her number. Uh, Okay, your mic is open, Naima. She plays our commercials for us on the Female Solution um, Studio, and we'll be right back with Dina and more from these goddesses here uh, today. We want to hear more about your story and how um, what people can do uh, to um, experience the higher consciousness that you are teaching and and, and um, experiencing yourself. So, uh, Naima, your mic is open for commercial. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve a peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. Everything you need, what your body needs, is found in nature. So Susan Essentials doesn't do it any other way. Susan Essentials provides your employees and individuals access to over 20,000 nutritional products 
and they are shipped direct to your door. Because Susan Essentials is certified in plant-based healing, we're permitted to offer you the best nutritional supplements on the planet. They're non-GMO and sustainably produced. And we take the guesswork out for you. Let Susan Essentials help you take control of your health today. I'm Beata, your Holistic Life Coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com, and I'm Viato. Okay, speak up, and we'll see if we can hear you better from the phone. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, uh, my name is Dina, and I'm from Kazakhstan, and I've been studying shamanism since I was a teenager, so basically since I've discovered information about Native Americans. So when I was 17, uh, I read the series of books by Carlos Castaneda, and uh, I just, like, want to understand, like, in Kazakhstan, the consciousness of people is a little bit different. It's... Um, it's a little bit not behind, but we were uh, behind like a lot of restrictions for a very long time, and this kind of things are very unusual. But when I was 17, I made a like a pact to myself that I, one day I will go to Arizona because everything that what he described was happening around Arizona and California and Mexico. Um, I will meet someone and I will meet what he what he saw, and I didn't know up until later, like fast forward to later, like. When I was 27, I was living in New York, and I was experiencing this, like, dark night of the soul. And I, for some reason, I had this strange idea that I have to just drop everything and go to Arizona. And this is when I traveled there, and I met Mama Easy, and I met a lot of shamans and local shamans, a lot of people of the community over there, which uh, was just so mind-expanding. And, um, you know, ever since, I started practicing, actually practicing what I've, what I've studied, and I came to the um, teachings of Shambhala and pranic healing. Unfortunately, I've never tried the psilocybin, and it was very interesting to me to find out uh, from previous guests, um, Ayala, Ayala, right? Um, and the first speaker, um, I would like to learn more how does it affect, because I understand the theoretical part of this, um, 
because I experienced something similar, but only through the knowledge, through the meditation that I practice every day, the pranic healing, and it's very close. And um, yes, um, I believe that my mission here on Earth, like right now, this point of life, because um, since I started learning philosophy, um, I have like more information about the previous um, civilizations that resided before us. And uh, we received like numerous messages from the higher ascended masters that right now the planet is shifting in a major way. So I believe like um, a lot of people need this awakening because I went through my personal awakening from zero understanding of the reality to like understanding of the connectedness. Basically, it took me a very long time because our shackles of our consciousness are so so locked in in a previous, and we keep, like, perpetuating the cycle from generation to generation. But now the time is, like, when the borders are, like, unlocking and borders between cultures. Uh, now is the time to, to do this together. So whichever method we're going to be using through the... Um, um, Meditation through the retreats, through the psilocybin, through this eventually is going to bring to like understanding of the connectedness of the whole work is a, is a global piece because what happens here happens on the other side of, of the world as well. Just recently, I don't know if you heard about the news, but in Ukraine, um, Russia, you know, attacking and um, they uh, exploded their hydro station which means that, like, part of the south of the country is going to be dry next year, which means, what does it mean for the world? It means um, there will be no import, there will be a lot of hunger, and this is what we actually shifting as the earth right now. Like, in 10, 17 years, we're going to exhaust the potential of the soil to produce the nutrient-dense foods. So this is kind of, like, very important right now that we mobilize our our strength, our focus on what is needed to to be worked on together as a unit. It's not just like one particular problem somewhere on the other side of the world. Now we're understanding that we're connected all together. It's going to cause the major famine in South Asian countries, in African countries. This is going to bring a lot of you know economic hardship. The same here. So like right now, um, we as a humanity, we're like in this kind of thinking boat that we need to join together to work on like these global things together, united. Ayana, uh, would you like to comment on this? Were you able, were you able to hear her pretty much, Will? I, I, I got the and I just I applaud her energy and um, divine work that she's looking to do and informing us of what, you know, what is going to happen as a result of her world being led by the patriarchal system. I mean, this is what they do, which is why I do believe that a lot of the energy has left of the woman. It is for us to do the work and to heal and to balance and to speak loudly. And so I applaud you, young lady, because I feel your passion. But I do want to say at this time that Acacia does have a uh, ceremony to do this evening, so I'd like to give her the space to speak before we we lose her, okay? Uh, She's very valuable to us. She's someone that we protect 
deeply and all around her sending energy because of what this young lady has inside of her. Her father, her mother named her Acacia. And when you speak the name of an individual and that meaning of that name comes forth, the vibration is always there. So this young lady, yeah. So, baby, you go ahead and you say what you want to hear, okay? <laughs> Thank you, Acacia. Thank you, Ayana and Acacia. Did Acacia, were you able to hear Dina? Yes, I was able to hear Dina, and I have a response. Thank you so much, Mama Ayana. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, Dina, Thank um, first, uh, give mutual respect to witnesses that we both were inspired by. You said the word Shambhala, keyword. I went through my first. Yes. Uh, I initiated Tapasika in Tibetan Buddhism. Yes. And there's a remake traditional method. Remake means non sectarian Buddhism. Okay, that means all from Nakuma to uh, the Mahayana. Uh, to uh, Hinayana tradition, Theravada, all schools of Buddhism, there's a relay tradition and wrote a book called An Aspiration to Sambhala. Um, look up Zokden, D-Z-O-K-D-E-N, Zokden, because there is something that, as a medicine woman, and I know you know this, you're, you're looking at the global perspective. Now, before you can get to the global perspective, I know you are aware that you need to be focused on yourself and healing self. But once you get to a level where you handle a lot of your trauma that's in your body, then you can position yourself to be able to serve others. But you have to make your heart open to a great aspiration. Let me let me define great. There is work, and then there is the great work. And the great work comes forth through the process of going through the underworld in the mushroom experience, going through the dying and transfiguration process that the the DMT containing plant fungi and animals will put you through, and then Believing and knowing, I'll say what believing because you living, knowing who you are. And when you have a group of women who are in, inside of their knowledge of self, confident enough to aspire for greatness, that is something that all the entities in the world will try to stop. Absolutely. And that's why we have to keep going. And we do. I say. I say. I say. Yeah. Uh, define Shambhala for those who don't know what that means. I know you did go into a little bit about it, but there's there are five Chalky kings of Shambhala. Now, in the old days, when there were still colors on the fangas on the walls, each king of Shambhala had a different skin color. On one of my trips, on mushrooms. This was before I discovered Buddhism. This was 2016, I want to say. Like, I wasn't really invested into studying Buddhism at that time, so I had no connection to Shambhala that I knew of. I hadn't even heard the word, really. didn't know what it meant. And I stumbled into what looked like, I had to Google it, a spirit house, a Tibetan 
spirit house, these etheric chambers in the medicine space that you enter into that are etheric crystal letters that look like in the matrix. You know how you see the green letters falling in the matrix? Well, imagine that made of gilded, electric blue, electric red, neon green, blue, purple, rich Tibetan inscriptions all stacked on top of each other. Imagine that now. That's the room that I was in. And I looked around, I was like, I look, I think I'm in the mountains somewhere. I had gotten sucked through my uh, Shipibo cloth mandala. And this was around the time that Baba Kalindi E was doing blog talk radios and talking about crystal technology. And I had just received a transdimensional crystal from Baba Kalindi E. And I don't know if this was the first activation of it, because I'm pretty sure I didn't activate it till later. But I, I went through this, this mandala that I was observing because the mandalas are technology, they are yantra technology. There's mantra, tantra, uh, sutra, and yantra. And yantra are those sacred patterns that three and four dimensionalize when you leave the third density, when you go to the higher dimensional places. You are able to move those geometric patterns that become portals into actual places. And I went to a place that was identified, the being who identified me said, this is Shambhala, this is Shambhala. And I was like, okay. And there was a king of Shambhala who greeted me who had the same skin complexion. And I was like, okay, this can't be Tibet. There's a black man here. (laughs) But he was wearing Tibetan regalia. But it was of a higher dimensional order. That's all I know. And then I started researching it after that. And I didn't actually make that much progress until I initiated into Buddhism and learned that Shambhala is a location where Dakas and Dakinis, which are humans that are born in higher dimensional bodies, reside. And these pure forms are gifts from uh, the Buddha. And it, there, are some, there are some scholars who say that Shambhala could be America in the future. Mm-hmm. That there were there were teachings two thousand years ago about vehicles in these in these teachings um, about Shambhala. Now that's not the most common interpretation, but the common interpretation is this is a pure land or a dimensional space where there are all the beautiful and pleasing things. If you read the aspiration to Shambhala, you will get into the most incredible detail of the of the pearls and gemstones and the materia magic of this dimensional space that is created through harmonic global uh, meditation and aspiration to create this. We all gotta work together to create this paradise on the planet, but it was called Shambhala. And there, there are many different interpretations uh, for anyone who's Buddhist in the audience, I'm definitely referring everyone to read Kentro Rinpoche's Shambhala books because in those books, you will absolutely get the answer that you are looking for on the level of detail that I'm unable to provide. But for me, personally, I, I read these aspiration prayers with the enthusiasm. And in the Kagyu tradition that I initiate into under Lama Mike Crowley, who wrote the book, Secret Drugs of Buddhism, we utilize Enthusian to perform advanced visualization. Now, this is something that 
control my my spirit uh, exploration and the specific visual manifestations that my mind can create. Mm-hmm. These mushrooms, these technologies of the gods were put here for us to be able to become creator beings. But as a creator being, we have to be aligned with what is the highest and most most uh, most zenith uh, teachings and and understand that the perspective that we should be looking for is above what the human mind can fathom on an ordinary level. We can, our, our bodies and our imaginations and our divine energy is able to create places that are absolutely unfathomable right now to our human mind in a positive direction. And that's what I wanted to learn about by reading these prayers, by participating in aspirations through global meditation, through the Sangha, through uh, my walk and my practice. These are different prayers that I read, but there's also visual. You, you, I have uh, from the Gobi Desert in Mongolia, I have a original copy of an artist rendition of Shambhala. Would you like to see it? Oh, of course. Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, we're in school tonight, honey. <laughs> this woman is going uh, high and deep. Uh, so She's this... also going to be speaking at the Women's Conference in July. Okay. So if you want to hear more on Acacia. And she's also, she has classes that she teaches. Um, so, you know, this is a young woman to tap into. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, You know, there's so many levels of... Um, when you started out talking about the dark womb, mm-hmm. uh, I was thinking about an Anipi ceremony or uh, sweat lodge. So I want to ask you about that if you have you've done that later. Oh, now what is this again, uh, Casey? We're seeing in the uh, Russian language and in Tibetan because this is Shambhala is connected to location of Kazakhstan and also of Australia. But this is. Mm, look at those colors. Wow. And this is from my elder teacher, and these are things we meditate with, mm. uh, at least I meditate with, on the sacred mushroom, because I know that there's a better way. And I, I'm, I'm consciously allowing myself to meditate on bringing it forth. And for those in the feminine energy who respect the divine within them, I think it's very important to have as many tools as possible to make those explorations for yourself. Not that somebody else came and said, oh, this exists, let's make it together. No, go find this and bring it forth. That's something that comes from the alchemy of knowing thine self and practicing with dimethyltryptamine-containing substances. I particularly like the mushroom, and I also like acacia. So I'm learning acacia. And I'm still learning the mushroom as well. And in my in my sojourns, I like to ask the medicine how I can become more adept, how I can train my mind and my body so that I can enter these sacred spaces and bring something back that's real. And for me, bringing back something back that's real is when there's war going on in other countries, 
going on to the spiritual front line with my armor and going and fighting the good fight with love and compassion because love itself is a weapon of spiritual war. Absolutely, absolutely. Because when you come into the hyperdimensional space, there's no Oval Office, there's no uh, Kremlin in Russia, there's no there's no place that anyone can hide from you because you are them. You can travel to where they are at and speak and whisper in their ear words of peace until they lose their mind. Or, <laughs> or, or gain it back. We want to say gain their minds yeah. back because they don't already lost their, their mind. Their truth mind, their divine yeah. mind. Yeah. There you go. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, just know, just know that that methyltryptamine DMT is endogenous to the body. Your body recognizes this, especially when you when you take the uh, psilocybin. It's like a lock and a key. You know, the psilocybin is the key, and your body is the lock, and you turn it on, and it just recognizes what's happening and takes you to that place. So, you know, we produce dimethyltryptamine. And this is also why we can perform Tantra and Mantra and Sutra and travel to amazing places uh, using the power of our our hearts and our meditations because there are specific ancient practices that were designed to help you naturally to build more DMT. And then when we take the DMT, we're taking a power plant. And so we have to show reverence and respect because it's also, it it becomes a part of us. It gets to experience our whole consciousness and then intermesh and bring us to a higher dimensional level. So I want to ask you, I want to ask you, you mentioned um, you got through that depression period. Did you try pharmaceuticals at one point? No. No, good. So you just went straight to natural, you went to nature for the solution. I was accosted by my elders and they told me, this is what we're going to give you. And I ate it not really knowing very much about it. I, I did the research after the experience. You know, they said, okay, well, we're going to give you some Penelius Hawaii. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Like, oh, you eat it with chocolate? Okay, that's perfect. Give me a whole <laughs> chocolate bar, ate a whole Hershey's bar, sat outside the Museum of Natural History in Houston and had my experience outdoors, which a lot of people now say, oh, that's the wrong set and setting. I was running. I was running from the weird people and the homeschool moms. But other than that, it was the best setting setting. How old were you, Acacia? I was 16. I was that was, that was my birthday weekend. Wow. And I went up in the museum and started handing stage to the security guards. They probably still remember that crazy. Because I looked a lot younger than I am. I, I, I think I got away with it because I was like a 10-year-old running around, passing out stage. But, you know, I went and looked at... Uh, Tutankhamen's picture. I looked at the stones in the museum, and they started speaking back to me. And Uh-oh, that- Mama AZ. <laughs> I think Mama AZ's been on that trip for a while. Zelda is asking, what is DMT? DMT is a molecule that binds to serotonin, serotonogenic receptors in the human brain. So your body produces serotonin from tryptophan, and, and you need serotonin for learning and memory. So dimethyltryptamine is a molecule that is so similar in shape and structure, it just has one extra arm to what your body, like serotonin, it, 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 serotonin produces DMT in the body already. But when you take DMT that is produced in a natural substance, 
it binds to those receptors because it's already been, you know, a part of your body's ecosystem before. But you're absorbing knowledge and memories from these ancient plant teachers and ancient fungi teachers that help you to learn how to operate in multiple dimensions of space and energetics, which is important. Okay, you ever thought about what planet you're from? (laughs) All of them. All of them. (laughs) You know, I was also thinking about cannabidiols. Because you said something, uh, Ayana, about the key and the lock. And uh, what I've studied about cannabis is that it all your body also has receptor sites for that. Have either of you tried uh, or, or experienced the cannabis experience? I had some brownies one time. Uh, one of my clients gave me some brownies. I didn't have any idea what he was talking about. He said, oh, try these brownies. And I took a little piece and I said, oh, this is good. I'll treat more. I took the whole brownie and I was on my back for the whole night. I was like, whoa, what's going on? And so I wasn't prepared at all. But what has been your experience with cannabis and cannabidiols and all that, CBD? Go ahead, Casey. No, I said Mama Ayana. Mama Ayana. Okay. Oh, I didn't know what you Yeah, well, I mean, I prefer to. I smoke as opposed to eat the um, cannabis. Okay. Because like you, like you say, you can just, mm, it tastes so good. And you start eating up all the popcorn and all the brownies and all of this little. <laughs> yeah. So I was like gone for about three days. Oh, my. <laughs> pretty heavy THC. So, but yeah, I, you know, I utilize it. It uh, provides creativity for me, you know, but inside of that creativity, I better write down what I'm creating because uh, in the morning it's over with, you know, it's totally gone. I probably need some of those herbs that occasion pulls forth to uh, take with my cannabis so that I can remember a lot of stuff. (laughs) You know, marijuana, um, you know, I I high-five it. This is something that I use for to stimulate, to relax, to um, create, to sleep better. Um, And I, you know, I'm, I'm learning through my son the different strains you know, and what to look for. If I don't want to go there, I want to go here. You know, like your sativa and your indica. Do you smoke at all, sister? No, no. Not to be not at all? No. And you say you've taken ayahuasca, yes? Well, I went to, here in Orlando, um, it was just so uh, inviting and so synchronistic for me to go to this ayahuasca ceremony at a private home uh, in Orlando, where there were about probably 30 people there, and we were there from like 11, 10 or 11 at night to 11 the next morning, experiencing okay. ayahuasca. And this couple was from Brazil, and so they knew how to do the frog medicine and uh, the snuff up the nose, and they did the ceremony and it had bucket. Everybody had buckets and. And I had a frog in my shower the day before I was to go because I was kind of, I don't know if I want to do this. And they were telling me what the frog medicine is about. There was a green frog in my shower. And I'm like, okay, I got it. I got the message. So <laughs> I, in Florida, that might have been the Campbell frog. The green monkey tree frog is something that they saw kids pet stores in Florida. But, and, you know, I, I, I've actually had a, a green monkey tree frog. They make great pets. But that medicine will purge you in every possible way, you know. Uh, well, the one thing it, it, the one thing it purged me of was fear. I mm. was uh, there was a lot of fear about the this whole. Time? The first time, 
there was so much fear about the whole ceremony. I said, ah, should I do this? What's going to happen to me? I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. And I said, I had fear about it. But as the night progressed, the morning and all that, I knew I just had to breathe through it. I had to go do deep breathing at every phase of it, my body. And the deep breathing just helped me just flow right through it. I was like just, ooh, having it having a great time i didn't have any uh any strange psychedelic or experience or at all but i was i knew i need to get rid of that fear and so that was the the biggest uh accomplishment for me and that's and that's a huge accomplishment yeah accomplishment huge yeah you know very much we all we all experience some sort of trepidation when we're going to take psychedelics. I mean, I've been taking them for 20-something years, and I still have that same energy of, okay, I'm going to go in here, you know. And So, yeah, that, that's a very, very common ex, uh, experience uh, to, you know, be trepidatious about it. But the fear factor, that is a weapon that has been used against us from the very beginning, you know, and that is how they control us. And so with so many people, well, with this um, psychedelic renaissance that's happening now, people are really opening up their eyes, their eyes. You know, a lot of us have been decalcified, have been uh, calcified with that third eye energy. And this very device that we're on right now is a large part of that calcification of the third eye. Because if you pay attention to how you're using your phone, you have it in front of you like so, and you're looking down at it and it's hitting that area right there and with all of that coming off of it and coming through it off all the time some of the most horrible things are flashing across your phone and we look at them you know um and a lot of times people are getting you know they put things on facebook or these different social media platforms to see how many likes they can get and that's the instant gratification the dopamine in the brain accepts that and they get turned on and they want more and more and more so it's addictive you know, so we got to be careful with these devices. This is how we're having to use uh, communicating with one another now, but it's all part of the plan. Yeah. It's, yeah. All, part, it's all part of this plan. Yeah. yeah. Now, I want to I wanna ask you about um, Inipi Ceremony Sweatline now, but uh, Dina, I wanted to know if you wanted to comment on her, what um, Acacia had to say about Shambhala because I know that you are a practitioner. So I'm going to open up Dina. I'm going to open up your mic, and if you'd like to say something about your knowledge. Yes, sir. Yes, her comments were very accurate, and uh, I'm glad she she mentioned you know the higher ascended bodies and like other extra planets, very deep breakdown of it. It's exactly what is written in the teachers, teachings of uh, Shambhala Brothers. They're actually available for reading. And yes, that's true. We do have a hierarchy of beings that reside in the astral plane that oversee in the earth. So um, I'm very interested, you know, in um, second half experiences about like other planets because um, this is where actually the focal of humanity of the next evolution should be on the other planets. And um, these higher beings, basically, they're guiding the Earth through teachings, they send um, channeling and downloads to people who publish the books. And the last, um, one of the last foundation of Shambhala in the uh, United States was the Temple of the People in California. They also do have 
a lot of information on their website in their books that's called Teachers of the Temple that speaks about that. Say the name of the book again, please. Yes, it's called The Teachings of the Temple, and it can be found at the Temple of the People org. Okay. Teachings of yes. the Temple and Stephanie. Yes, this is in Theosophy, and it can be found at the website. One second. The Temple of the People dot org. This is where this information is sent. Yes. Correct. Yes. So this is where uh, the last Western channel received information. He met with one of the ascended master, and he received the full text. So it's very interesting because I've been studying the same thing, but in Russian language, by Yelena Blavatsky. She wrote a um, few amazing books. She was a traveler, and now our paths are very similar. Uh, Yelena Blavatsky, she was also, she had two guys from India, and um, through her, they published like a series of books. And they found that the foundation that's called Agni Yoga in New York, Basically, the Agni Yoga is the way of living. And um, Yelena Blavatsky, she published two books. One of the most uh, influential is our um, Secret Doctrine and um, Isis Unveiled. This is where they give a lot of information about the previous civilization, where we came from, uh, where we stand in terms of like the space, uh, a lot of um, philosophical perspectives on how the world operates on a quantum level, like exploration on a very deep level. And I think it would be very interesting, you know, and, and necessary for a lot of people to know. Um, yeah, so like another very valuable source would be agniyoga.org. Um, this is the official website of this organization in New York that they founded centuries ago. I spell so, yeah. that. Spell that. Yes, yes. Agni Yoga.org. What's the first word again? Can you spell? Yes, Agni in uh, in um, in in Hindu means uh, fire. A G N I dash Yoga dot O R G. So basically, the oh, ascended master, the sender, already instruction. Yes, to the humanity as a whole. And this is not particularly addressed to some, some particular nation, it's addressed to all the nations. Because they foresaw everything that's happening right now, all the quarrelings in the world. And then this basically send us like a guideline, what to do. How do we unite in a proper way? How do we create community that's sustainable for the society and humanity and for this evolution? And more importantly, that we have to also, um, our focus should be on a, on, on a universe, on a, on a space. This is where a lot of discoveries, very interesting for the humanity will happen. And also, of course, important part of the book that they point that the creator part of, of um, like the divine part is within us. So it's very interesting with me, for me would be to see somebody who uh, studied this book, you know, and can also share and compare with the Canucks um, experience, you know, and I find the similarity in what they see because this is like, I believe, 
from what what I understand in my uh, theoretical um, consciousness, it would be like you experience the connectedness as network, and that's eventually the goal. You know, what um, what is it? Here's your experience of oneness, of unity, like the um, unconditional love. But uh, yes. If you need more information, I will be willing to share you guys. Just let me know. I can post in the chat. Um, now, why, why yoga is the best yoga or the yoga to practice? Why, specifically, Agni Yoga is the best? Yeah, is that what you're saying? Yes, yes, why? yes. Why? Sorry, this is... Um, because it unites all the aspects of yoga because, you know, there's few like Hatha yoga, there's Raja yoga, there's many ways of yoga, but uh, Agni yoga unites all those principles because by itself we cannot just use Hatha yoga, for example. It can be very dangerous for some practitioners because it uh, strengthens your centers, but without deepening the, the Raja, the crown center, it can be very dangerous. Um, so it cannot be like, it's like a complex solution, you know? And the beauty of Agni Yoga, because it's very simple and it teaches, like if you're familiar with any religion, basically it doesn't matter if you were born in Christian or like you have some kind of general knowledge and you have this understanding of Noah principles, this um, information will be very simple for you to comprehend. It's just the, the, you know, the hard part is to follow it in everyday life. And this is unfortunately that we've seen that um, a lot of people don't like. And this is like very important part of it because, yes, uh, you know, have enlightenment and consciousness, but at the same time, the 90% of the day is still everyday effort um, of continuing and, and lighting up the consciousness because we get entangled, you know, in karma and like to recognize of this is also very easy, very hard sometimes. And um, so, yeah, priority, I believe, you know, as the previous speakers mentioned, it's very important to purify your body prior to experience from any kind of connections and cords to, um, in order to experience like the, the purity of this, you know, without any energetic, um, energetic um, deviations. Yes. Let me get Yana's comments on all that. She has said a lot, and I want to hear your perspective on this. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot in perspective on all of what she said. Um, but basically, with what I, I mean, okay, so, Dina, I want you to know that I did have a, we didn't do the yoga, but we did have an Agna Hotra, uh ceremony here just um, maybe four or five days ago here in my home. Oh, really? And, uh, and it was very powerful. And just the peace that it, well, not that my home isn't peaceful, but I can feel the additional peace and comfort uh, within my home through that ceremony, uh, the, the Agna meaning fire. And, um, you know, you do this at sunrise and you do it at sunset. Now, this is only my third time experiencing Agna Hodra, but it's something that I'm going to uh, bring into my life. But with all that Dina said, there's no way I can give my perspective other than high five, right on, do the work. We need you. You're one of the warriors that we need in order to to move us forward. You know, and if we band together with your knowledge and the knowledge of so many other women who are coming into our true selves, into our true selves, which are the killers, the teachers, the mothers, the witches, the goddesses, the sorcerers, 
the, the, we're, we're, we're coming in because we know it has fallen into our lap to do the work. And it's just about that. We've always done the work, but they wanted to keep us barefoot pregnant and in the kitchen. You know, okay, so have the babies, but, you know, cook the food. You know, stay barefoot, but let's get out here and stump this ground together. So Dina is just another warrior doing the work, and we're going to connect all of this and all of us and make it happen. You know, it's just time. It's past time. I believe that the mushrooms are here to... uh usher this in in a hurry. Every time I've taken a journey, it's, it's, it's given me the energy of we're in some sort of hurry to make something happen that's not happening. But I also see that with this psychedelic renaissance, the sacredness, the integrity is being stamped on, stomped on because people are allowing greed and ego and jealousy to be a part of something so incredibly sacred because they realize they can make a living off of it. So now you've got that greedy aspect in there, and the sacredness is um, being being stumped on. So it is my job, it is my work, it is my passion to speak loudly about the sacredness. Everybody, mushrooms are for everybody, but they're not for everybody, you know. Uh, there's some people that just won't get it, they won't ever get it, and those are the ones that there are going to be attacked, which we call the sheeple. You know, those that just won't open themselves up to exploring their consciousness because that's what it is, an exploration of consciousness. People call it the medicine. Okay, but I call it technology, technology of the mind, you know, a galactic technology. And um, we're just very, um, we're very blessed to be able to bring it forth in a, in a, again, because it's been here for thousands and thousands of years. And it's because we need it. And if we don't treat it like it's sacred, I believe that the mushrooms are going to deem us unworthy and disappear again. You know, and then we're going to be left to our own vices once again. We're in trouble, y'all. We're in a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. So yeah. we've got, we've got, and that's why it's been given to the women, because we know what to do with it. We know what to do. And, you know, we band together and we're going to get it done. Yeah, you got young women like Acacia. I believe she's only 28 years old, okay? But that's in her human years. She's probably about 128 years old in the knowledge that she possesses. Right, Just because of the name that her parents gave her. Yeah. 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 Our our Monday morning host Zelda had said, "Whose grandma is she talking about, Acacia?" Because <laughs> all that <laughs> wisdom coming through. I want I want to ask you about relationships. I know that you recently was it recently you your husband transitioned. Uh, to, to me it is, but it was, it's been three years. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about how that how long were you together and how did his transition. Um, it, it affect you in terms of what you're doing now and practicing now. Did it did it uh, enhance it? Did it did it cause you to do even more, or were you already in that space when you were in that relationship with your husband? Well, my husband and I were galactic warriors. We were galactic mm-hmm. gangsters. We traveled wow. together often okay. uh, on the psilocybin. Okay? okay, so and again, he introduced me to this 25 years ago. He just said, "Here, eat this," and I was like, "What is it?" He said mushrooms. I was like, well, where's the pizza? <laughs> you know, I had no knowledge, no no information. We didn't really discuss it. He said, just eat this, and I did. And I promise you, those five grams that I took 
I changed the whole entire trajectory of my life. It put really? me on a on a path of wanting or needing or having to feel and know more. It mm-hmm. opened up something inside of me where I became a seeker of knowledge, but I also felt this incredible, amazing energy of love. And when you can feel love for real, for real, for real love, that's something that you don't want to let go of. It puts you in that space. Um, so, you know, did I feel love each and every time I took it? No, I had to do some battles inside of that place. But my husband, some of his last words as he began to make his ascension was, Ayana, continue the work. And that is what I'm going to do for as long as I can do it, is continue the work. And the work that I'm continuing will be with integrity because um, I'm not about the bullshit. I'm, a, I'm about keeping it real, you know, and if I don't know something, I don't know it. You got people who are taking 3.5 grams of mushrooms, and now all of a sudden they're damn guru and they know everything. There are no experts. Well, you know? have you noticed there's so many life coaches, health coaches, all who haven't had the experience to go with it, is my opinion. All, all of that. And then you've got these people who have letters behind their names talking all this ish, but they haven't done the dose. You know, let's talk when you've done the dose, and then you and I can understand one another. Let's not just read a book. Let's go in and we can communicate for real, because then that way you can feel me and I can feel you. You know, but we won't be sitting up there looking like, you know, what is she talking about? She's insane or whatever. You know, my husband got a literal bricks thrown at him. He was called crazy. He was just, you know, people, there's that community talking that ish again. You know, he had to actually leave uh, this country and go somewhere else in order to just kind of put his foot inside of it. So he kicked down a lot of doors for us with the information that he brought back. And, yes, it did go over a lot of people's heads. And, yes, a lot of people were afraid. But there are the warriors who stood up and said, we want to know more. We have to know more. Why? Because we can feel this. It's a part of our DNA. It's a part of what we're supposed to be doing. And when you're called to it that way, when you're called in there that way, you know that you are being guided by something more powerful than you will ever understand unless you take it. I encourage you, Dr. V. Come girl. Come to the conference. Let us take you through. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Baba Kalindi, um, Ibaye. I say Ibaye after I say it then because Ibaye means respect. Now, you both and were so, in Detroit. Were you in Detroit with your husband? Yes. Uh, both of us uh, born and, uh, and raised here in Detroit. Uh, I met him when uh, we were 19 years old oh. in a martial arts class because he was a the GOAT, the uh, greatest of all time martial artist. And so I met him when we were in a martial arts school. He was doing a beautiful form that was unbeknownst to me, and I was doing very hard taekwondo, you know, hard blocks, throwing a hip over, and uh, he was just doing something so beautiful and soft and hard at the same time. I just wanted to know what it was. So I asked the young man, what was he teaching? Beautiful young man over there in the corner doing that thing. What was he teaching? And he decided to show me, but he showed me in a way that only a mannish little man would show me because he came behind me to show me the technique. And it got quite flirty. And I was, uh, I was offended by the energy that I felt from him. And so I turned around to try to put a move on him, but he blocked everything, and it was beautiful and soft the way he blocked it. So that began a 25-year, uh, I won't say he chased me, but he 
but he he was there for 25 years to my left, to my right, and back of me, in front of me, until I said, okay, let me take this ride with you. <laughs> and it was a true it was a true adventure, and I can tell you, Doctor V, had I not had um, my experiences through psilocybin, I wouldn't be this comfortable, this cool, this settled inside of myself with the loss of this man uh, uh, from this uh, physical plane. I wouldn't be able to speak about him. Yes, I did go through the pain of losing, of course, because as they say, we are um, living a human experience, you know? So we have to feel this stuff. But my understanding of death and my ancestors, and I know that he's around and he guides me and he whispers in my ear, and that is what this conference is all about, is him whispering in my ear saying, Ayana, you must get this done. Women and entheogens have to, it has to happen. You know, so he gave the first conference um, in 2015 with one of his wives because I'm from a polygamous family. There were three of us, and Kai Wingo, she um, gave the first one in 2015. She was a high doser back in 2012 and 13, and she realized that entheogens and women go together. You know, it's just a part of who we are. So, But we lost her in 2016. So I am resurrecting this conference on the energy of Baba Kalindi whispering in my ear saying, get it done, continue the work. And I'm being obedient to that, and that's where we're going with this thing. Women have something to say. People are listening to us. They're not trying to burn us uh, in the fire anymore, literally, like they burned the, the witches back in the day. You know, I stand up loudly on the top of anybody's mouth, and I will call myself a wise woman, a current girl, a strega a witch, a wild woman, beautiful and sweet. Right. And I'm going to sing my song loudly. Whoever listens, listens. And who don't, I don't make you listen. Okay. Okay. Casey, did you did you have a comment? I, I see your hands moving. I Well, with all we've gone through, Ayanya, in the last three years, there has been a lot of transitions and sickness and all that. Have you found more and more people are attracted to your teachings because of what we've been through, or uh, how do you look at the inner, the, the uh, transitions we've made in the last three years and the twilight zone and all that, and how it has affected people trying uh, the, the mushrooms more and more, or how has that been for you? People that are down for it are down for it. They want to know the truth. I'm not a bullshitter. I'm going to tell you the truth. You know, I'll just keep it real as I can keep it, you know, very authentic. I think that's why people kind of listen to me, not so much as that I'm an elder, but I just keep it real, you know, and um, and, and people want that. They've gone to their psychologists and they've doped them up with abnormal uh, psychotropic drugs to cope in this abnormal civilized society. They go to their preachers and they tell them to get on their knees and pray. I'm not knocking prayers. You know, but I'm just saying Christianity is something that has been given to our race that has crippled us. Um, so the psychologist is not working. The teachers are not working. So we need something that's going to work. Does it work for everybody? If you don't do the work, then no, it's not. No, it's not. You've got to be disciplined. You've got to stand in there. you got to do the work. And when I say do the work, it's just to go in and move away the layers that keep you uh, earthbound here, 
you know, we're, we're, we're spiritual beings, but we've been, you know, sent here to this planet to do the work that we have to do in order to free ourselves and others up, you know. So it's, it's just about doing the work. So in, in the past three years, yes, I believe this renaissance has happened a lot because the teachings of Baba Kalindi and the fact that he did kick down doors and at his passing, people just really just really just set up straight. You know, it was almost as if if the strongest warrior in the village is taken out, where does that leave us? Well, he wasn't taken out. Bob Kalindi was a time traveler. He just found a wormhole opportunity and he flipped in and he went through and he's somewhere 40 years ahead of us right now gaining this information to bring it back. He's somewhere 40 years, 100 years in the past and bringing it back and pulling it all together. And I just got the chills all over that just lets me know that this man is standing right behind me right now. Absolutely. So don't get me started now. <laughs> well, this is exciting and needed because we are in such a time that we need uh, mushrooms and we need uh, a practice, which is what I want to ask both of you. What is your uh, spiritual, metaphysical practice every day? Do you do certain foods? or What's your diet like? What is your routine, uh, Casey and Ayanya, that you do in the work? How, how do you feel you're doing the work every day in other areas of your life? Okay, well, um, as far as food is concerned, I'm going to say that I am guilty for not being as disciplined because I allowed my grief that I did go through to be a source of comfort, comfort and I found that in food. Yeah, okay? of course, of course. So, so now you get this juicy elder right here that you see right now. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so but, but in knowing that, you know, and feeling the way that I feel, I mean, I take my herbs, I take my supplements, um, I practice urine therapy, uh, which we call the key to immortality, um, because that is a medicine. I I, I microdose, uh, not every day. You know, I can go three days in and maybe take four days off. Um, I do more microdosing than I do macro at this point because I've done microdosing for so many years. I can't say that I'm done, but I don't do it nearly as much as now, I do. Now, now, what is microdosing? Microdosing is just taking a very small amount on a daily basis or every other day. Oh. I have three police officers in a state in the South that are microdosing, and they are, these men were, they didn't lose their edge, but they lost their fear of being out in the streets, and that fear is what caused them, causes these cops to shoot somebody nine times in the back, you know, without provocation, because they're scared. And a lot of these police officers are punks because that's why they are police officers, because they need that sense of power. And I find that more in the men than in the women officers. I occasionally know disrespect to your mom. I did not know that your mother was on the force at all. But we know that a lot of this hurt comes from these men. So microdosing, it, it calms you. Um, the little things don't sweat you. You know, it's just the little things that, that can really turn into big things if we allow it. You know, we got so many people that are anxietized, so many people that are depressed, so many people that are living in fear. Um, Michael Dosen helps move this on. It, it, level, it just levels you out, you know, not to mention that the colors on the TV get brighter. You know, <laughs> and, 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 and you can listen to the birds and actually 
maybe understand their language. You can go sit at the water and you can understand the language of the waters, you know, the trees that actually, listen, I'm walking with my mushroom baby, which is my grandbaby, or more, she is a mushroom baby, meaning that her mother took mushrooms while she was pregnant with her. And she was maybe about two, going on three, and she's on her tricycle, riding down, we're going down the street, taking a walk, and we come up to this humongous tree. She gets off of her tricycle, she takes a deep bow to this tree, and says, and introduces herself, oh my, my name is Amor. <laughs> she stands there for maybe three, four seconds, and she gets back on a tricycle, and she glides on off. I, I mean, <laughs> I know Zelda is excited about that. Let me just uh, read some of the comments here on Facebook. Uh, Zelda says, sign me up. She wants to follow you, come to the uh, meeting. So very happy to hear that because burning women at the stake was the norm. With the name Zelda, I caught natural hell as a child, and now it's popular. Thanks. And then she says, where do we sign up uh, this experience if we can't attend the women's event? Well, I mean, the Detroit Psychedelic Society.com is the uh, website that you can go to, the Detroit Psychedelic Society.com. We, uh, I can't promise you that we're going to be streaming, but I'm working on it. And it's going to be July 8th and 9th here in Detroit, and that's a Saturday and Sunday. We're going to be together all day. I'm going to have a group of women that will be taking their journey on the 6th of July. These women have endometriosis. They have polycystic ovarian syndrome. They have fibroid entities. Um, and they're going to take their journey, and it is my goal and my hope that we can take them back in time to where the energy fragmented for their mothers, their grandmothers, their great-grandmothers who experienced pain and trauma through sexual abuse, uh, domestic abuse, violence, because I found that that is a common factor for a lot of them, that there was abuse in their ancestral lineage, their generational lineage, and these diseases have manifested themselves in these young bodies in this lifetime, and um, I believe that mushrooms are the key to unlock some of this, you know, that we're going to take them back in time. So these are some of the things that we're going to be doing and talking about. And these women are going to take this journey on July the 6th, and they're going to be on a panel to speak about this um, at the conference, what they experienced. I'm going to track these women for the next five or six months just to see how we're doing. And um, Unmuted. We're, we're, we're just on the move of healing. You know the saying, when you heal a woman, you heal a nation. That's the goal. That's right. Oh, so we're going to take our last break. Uh, Naima Latif says, I love to hear powerful, fearless, spiritually awakened women. And uh, that's from our executive producer of The Female Solution. In fact, uh, Naima wrote a book, The Female Solution, which was about polygamy and how that was the answer uh, to a lot of the problems and questions that people have. So she's very um, supportive of women like yourself, as well as I am. Uh, I think that is definitely uh, the solution when a woman can uh, accept her sister uh, as her her best friend. You know, that's the hardest part, uh, I think, in, in a polygamous relationship. Looking at that other woman as your best friend, 
not as, your sister, as, your, as your sister wife, yes. as your sister, you yes. love her, yes. you honor her, you respect her, you work together, you look at her, as the Indians would say, as an extra pair of hands, a helping hands. Exactly. You know, the, women, the women in Africa are the ones who began it in the first place. The men would go to war or go hunting, and some of those men wouldn't come back, you know? And so the sister's like, you got three babies over at that hut. And you're over there by yourself. Come to my hut and let <laughs> us help you. Let us feed you. Let us share. Yeah. And that's how it began. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. So, well, Na- Naima, we're going to be right back. And I want to hear uh, from uh, Acacia about your your daily routine um, uh, to keep yourself lovely and beautiful and energized. Because you certainly are energized. We can feel your energy uh, right through the screen here. So Naima is going to play our last commercials, and we'll be right back. Stick and stay. Don't Is Monday morning a struggle to get out of bed, into the swing of things? Well, don't worry. You are not alone. Join us for thought-provoking, stimulating, and mindful conversations on higher learning with Zelda Speaks for your Monday morning mindfulness sessions on Blog Talk Radio, The Female Solution, Mondays, 7.30 until 9 a.m. Be sure and send your ideas, thoughts, comments, and suggestions. Also, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit zeldaspeaks.com and send us your info. We'd love to have you. Experience mindfulness moments with the mindfulness slash stress relief coach, Zelda Speaks. And thanks for sharing the mindfulness moment tip of the day. Stay on purpose, stay empowered, and stay tuned to your next session of Mindfulness on Higher Learning with Zelda Speaks. Make it a mindful day. And thanks for listening. What if you could live to be 120 years old and remain active, healthy, alert, and vibrant? Our bodies are made up of cells that are constantly rejuvenating. So if we take proper care of ourselves, we can literally defy aging. Join us every Tuesday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time to learn about self-cell care from Susan Essentials on the Female Solution Blog Talk Radio Show. Learn how to help your body and your cells feel rejuvenated each day through proper nutrition, sleep, frequency medicine, and many unconventional methods of self-care. I'm Jody Susan. Join me and my amazing guests by calling in at 515 515- 605-9325 and press 1 to speak. We'll help you achieve a breakthrough in your health today. Tune in to Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn it into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life, and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. So join Dr. Debbie Green with Soulful Solutions and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon.
to comment or ask a question in the Blog Talk Radio studio, just press 1 and I'll uh, open up your mic. And if you're um, on the Facebook page, uh, we will uh, read your comment. Like here we have one from, uh, 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 let's see, uh, Zelda. Tomorrow morning, Zelda will be uh, have a show on Monday Morning Mindfulness. Uh, broadcasting live for Juneteenth at Malcolm X College. Oh, boy, in Chicago. So don't miss that. That's 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. And she says we're ready to take a road trip to Detroit uh, for this event. Uh, I would love to come, but I may have an opportunity to go to Havana, Cuba in July. Okay. I'm going to have to save my pennies. Uh, I don't know what date yet, but some a friends of a friend of mine are going, and we're like going to tag along, hopefully, and and enjoy. That's like a bucket list item. Havana, Cuba. For me as well. That's somewhere that my husband and I had planned on going actually that year uh, of 2020. So yes, I mean, take me with you. And I so I'll be looking, hoping you'll have a, a stream, a live stream on that event, um, so I can participate uh, from here. But you know, I, I wanted to share. I used to do Agni Hotra. Uh, a friend oh, of mine okay. introduced me to it about seven years ago, and I was living in a huge uh, uh, comp. After I sold my house after my divorce, I was living in this huge condo complex. Every morning, every evening, I tried to do Agni Hotra complaints galore from the neighbors. So I started doing it once I moved away into my tiny house. And I just lost interest for some reason, having to collect the dung and the rice and the ghee, and it just—it was just one more thing for me to do. But I really did enjoy that. Like experience. anything that anything that is spiritual and deep and that would advance your consciousness, it takes discipline. Absolutely. And the, and, I mean, your diet, everything, exercise, you know, planting the vegetables in the garden, discipline. You know, and we're all moving in that direction. We, you know, can I say I'm the most disciplined person in the world? Absolutely not. Of course not. You know, but I work towards it, you know, and and I honor it. And I'm at a place now where I'm connecting to nature. I had to tell you, but I was in a swimming pool the other day. uh, And I went next door to this, uh, used to be an ashram where I used to live. And the woman who owns it now, she said, oh, you can come swim anytime. It's beautiful. So there's two ducks sitting on the side in the pool when I got there. So usually the ducks get out of the pool and sit on the side while I'm in the pool. Well, these ducks sat on the side, two ducks sat on the side watching me swim. And I did 30 laps. So they like, man, this is taking too long. They jump in the pool with me. See, I'm not kidding. These ducks were moving with me as I was swimming. Two ducks going side by side. I'm like, what is with you people? You that awesome. And the message was about emotions. When I looked it up in my animal book, it was about emotions covered or soothing or something. Because I lost my car recently. Somebody hit me. They, I didn't get injured, but my car is totaled. So I was while I was in that water, I was thinking, okay, what am I going to do now? Am I going to have a car, blah, blah, blah. And then these ducks just took my mind right off the, the car. And I was like, oh, ducks are with me. So that's my routine is to just connect with animals, the creatures in nature, birds, whatever. I'm like, what are you saying, birds? Okay, I'm, I'm listening, I'm listening. So Acacia, what's your routine that keeps you uh, energized and, and focused? So I'm going to have to get off the podcast right after this. Okay. 
I just want to say thank you so much, Mama Yana, and um, thank you sharing uh, this beautiful, um, you know, that part about more just reminded me of myself as a little girl, like, going up the trees and sitting there, wondering what they say to me sometimes, I hear it stuff, mushroom babies are magic. Anyway, um, I just seemed a little extra. You know, my, my friend who went from Taiwan, she asked me, are you going to the tea house again? You know, because I go to the tea house every day. And I, I sit with uh, Gongkucha-style uh, large cup. My, my tea master does large cup, but she, she serves some of the highest quality uh, tea from places in China that are places of learning. So it's like going and having an entheogen every day for me because the tea tells the story. The tea leaves tell an actual story of... You know, a tree, old tree might be 500 years old. Ancient tree might be 2,000 years old. Yes. Living trees that these tea leaves are picked from. And so I go into tea ceremony. But before that, I get up sometimes 5, 6 a.m., go into Bagua with all the old ladies who look 70, who are, who are 70, who look 40 years old. Um, because I, I, I connect with nature by doing uh, Taoist uh, Bagua martial arts. And I've been doing that, you know, since January pretty much every single day, every chance I can get. Um, and um, we, we do circle walk. We walk around these sacred trees and we exchange energy and it flushes your whole system out of toxic energy and disease and such. Wow. And so you can gain 12 years on your life just by doing it for 100 days. I even flew to Texas, taught my parents, you know, who are Christian, don't want nothing to do with Taoism, don't want nothing to do with Buddhism about Dagua to help them increase their lifespan because um, it can help cure disease. Um, then after that... Now, uh, wait a minute. I, Let I, me I, just say, you say you just walk around the trees? No, there's more to it than that. Okay. Know, there's, uh, it's martial arts. Okay. So, like, okay. Tai Chi or Taekwondo, okay. the specific way that you have to carry your body so that you can become a conduit for the energy coming from the tree. And the tree's essence can purify you, and you can feed the tree with all the negative emotions. Negative emotions aren't negative to the tree. Negative emotions are food. They're positive energy to the tree. So we, we cycle. We, we connect with nature, and we recognize that we are the tree. We are the mountain. We are the sun. We are the bricks that we're walking on. We are the dew, the mist, and the wind going through our fingertips. Sometimes it's bitter cold. Sometimes it's raining. Sometimes, uh, you know, it's humid. I go get out, and I just I make the effort to get out there and press on. And how long do you walk around this tree? About two hours. Two hours. All right, Zelda. Zelda, pick up the pace here, Zelda. (laughs) Eight eight circles in one direction, eight circles in another direction, about eight times. And uh, we we pull in the celestial energy, and uh, we we do the meridian, the subtle channel opening. And the Penchi, which is the energy clearing uh, ritual every day. And then when I get done with that, I come home and I do my Samaya. And my Samaya practice is my sacred covenant between uh, me and my, my teachers in, in the lineage of Kagyu tradition Buddhism. And I also give honor to my ancestors and also to my teachers who have passed on, uh, like Baba Kalindi, Iyi, Ibayashe, um, giving respect. Um, and... Um, you know, for me, that, that is part of my practice. And then I do ink painting. 
because my emotions are sometimes very colorful. And so I get some black ink out and I start painting how I'm feeling and expressing the challenges I'm going through in my life on paper so I can look at the resonance and shift things through my strokes that I feel are out of balance or out of alignment. And then every two weeks, I go to a sweat lodge and I sing my Lakota medicine songs. I practice throughout the week uh, learning uh, the names of the, the specific characters, Tungshila. Uh, you know, like I, I learned my most recent song I learned was uh, uh, Tungshila, grandfather is coming. And and we go through this process, but the songs and songs are invoked invocations. So that connects to my Kemetic roots, that connects to my African traditional roots, that connects to every system that I work inside of. And so everything I do correlates. It's all a stacked system. It's one it's one mystic exploration that I find myself in. And the way that expresses itself is through carving jade. The way it expresses itself is through martial arts. And the way it expresses itself through artistic behavior and meditation and such. Wow. You know, that to me is just such a high level of consciousness because who walks around oh, trees? No, work. And I got so I got so far to go, I got a car accident. Honey, you just you, you just helped you just helped so many people. <laughs> you just helped hundreds whoever watches this raise their level of consciousness. Just walk around the tree some more times and be more aware of your environment, the sun, the moon, the stars. That is just so powerful. Oh, Mama V. There, there's this free meditation for anybody who's interested, so y'all do it right so that y'all don't get to just walk around trees bored as all get out of your gourd. Never, you know, never. Music, you know, no flavor, no symbols playing in the background. There's a meditation video that's free by Grandmaster J-I-N-B-O-D-H-I. Grandmaster Jen Bodhi is the founder of Bodhi Meditation Center. And that's who teaches for free in all the cities out here in California. You can go to different circles and practice Bagua, energy Bagua for free and learn all the techniques by going on his YouTube channel and typing in energy Bagua, B-A-G-U-A. And you can learn the specific hand movements, dragon palms, you know, uh, yin-yang palms, learning how to master the feminine energy and flush the liver and kidneys and lungs of toxic energy and refresh yourself uh, by pulling in celestial key energy and then releasing what you don't need back into nature so that you have a, a, a relationship. Um, thank you. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Craig Van says he has a song for you, but Craig, you want to call in to the studio, 215-383-5863, and uh, sing your song? I don't know uh, how we're going to hear it. Um, if you want to call in, it's I wonder two- if it, it's one of the songs that one of my elders teach. Uh, there's a brother named Brian Elder out here in California. If anyone's out here in California, we meet every second Saturday of the month, and he does. We, we play the drum for a woman who has cancer. And uh, I've gotten to see in the last three months of us playing the, the songs for her, her recovery from cancer. And so it's helping me to understand the power of my voice and my medicine and intention uh, and also the power of a collective voice and medicine and intention 
when it okay. comes to actually healing. So I, I think we have Craig. Is the, Are you 701-403? Is that Craig Van? It is. Would you like I'm, to I'm, sing your song? How, how I do it. I'm very impressed. The sister sang a little while ago. One of our, uh, that's one of our Sundance songs. And like yes. you said, it, it, it means grandfather, I'm, I'm coming. But, but the song I wanted to sing for you was a song, uh, it's about memory and remembering people, remembering your loved ones. So I'm just going to give it to you. <clears throat> yes. Walk on tongue, Back to Enamaka, 
She will. She is our mother, and we are being made orphans of her, just as we were being made orphans in the, the missionary schools and in the plantations. So what we're now is reawakening because we're moving from a homo sapiens sapiens to a homo spiritus. And these are the divine intelligence that are helping us to use our vibration to reconnect to the divine self. So I thank you for this show, Sister Viata. Yes, thank thank you. Mama AZ, I have to give credit and and send some love to her because she's my connector. She's always connecting me to these awesome people in my life. Tonight was just really amazing because I got goosebumps from everything. Everybody was. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Sister V, I don't know if I'm still on. Yes, you are. Can I give you another short, brief verse? Okay. And I'll translate it as I go. Father, for the life that you've given me. Can we keep in touch? Right, can I please? Can I please uh, um, 
And that we're asking that we are doing this to save our people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I do this that we may save our people. Yes. And I think for all of us, Dina speaks. She said her heart center was activated. Thank you. And yes, I think mine too. That was powerful. So we're at the end of the show, and oh, my goodness, uh, and so it is. It is the beginning of new relationships, the Overground Railroad. Let's all stay in touch. And uh, so grateful to everyone who participated tonight. And uh, tomorrow uh, uh, on the, uh, the Zelda's Monday Morning Mindfulness, sign up, free June Peace Celebration. So, everybody, have a beautiful week. Dina, thank you so much for thank coming you. and sharing. Acacia. I want to say real quick, we are immortal, eternal, universal, and infinite. And before time was, we were. And thank you. And so it is. And so it is. All right. So we're going to say good night to our global family. Uh, and Dina says thank you, everybody, for connection. And it's time for us to say uh, thank you to our global family. Mm, I love you all so much and appreciate you all. Thanks for magical blessings. We've come to the end of our show today. But you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. 
You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kunyun, France, Merci. Spain, gracias, Italy, grazie, Egypt, shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Giabonga, Senegal, Jared, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakur, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you. And may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings. Hallelujah.